Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumb Cast. In this, the high noon of season five, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on every goddamn page of MT2, the Weird Weird West, the second in a trio of time travel adventures for TSR's Marvel Superheroes RPG. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. The Weird Weird West was written by Ray Winninger and published in 1989 by TSR. Today we're discussing page 6 of The Weird Weird West. Today begins the description of enemy NPCs in this adventure. I'm going to be holding back a lot of spoilers in this section, but not today. Today, I just have to spoil something. Because, number one, this is original material and there's nothing else here to talk about. Number two, this is egregious. This is not a petty complaint. This is wrong. Here's the spoiler. In this adventure, you're going to meet some historical personages. You saw Napoleon on the cover. You already know from the rundown of potentially queer characters in these modules that Alexander the Great is here. So it will not come as a total shock that Genghis Khan is here too. All of these characters have write-ups on this page. As we saw with the write-up for Hitler in All This and World War II, it can be hard to convey in a role-playing game, especially a pretty coarse-grained, action-oriented one like the Marvel Superheroes RPG, what makes people special who aren't like superheroes and supervillains. Hitler is a singular figure, but not in a way that is easy to convey with the face-rip system, right? Similarly, Alexander the Great, Napoleon, and Genghis Khan are figures of great importance to world history whose importance is hard to convey with the stats that we are given. So the author fudges a little bit. We start with Alexander the Great. He has decent stats, fighting excellent, agility good, strength good, endurance good, reason excellent, intuition excellent, psyche good. I could stand to see Psyche a little bit higher. I feel like you have to have a certain level of confidence and willpower to be Alexander the Great, but fair enough. Alexander doesn't have any superpowers, but he does have talents. Quote, Alexander is trained in swordsmanship and writing, and is a scholar of poetry and philosophy. None of these things are capitalized, and it's easy enough to surmise that swordsmanship means he has the sharp weapons skill. It's less clear whether poetry and philosophy are meant to be seen as talents or just sort of quirks. However, we also get the following, quote, his reason in the area of military tactics is incredible. So this is another one of those cases, as we saw last time with Hawkeye's vision, his eyesight, or as we saw in one of the Patreon bonus episodes in the description of one of the team's media foils, where they have like remarkable knowledge of their beat. It's not really a talent. It's not really a stat. It's just like for this one purpose, you kind of have this free floating power rank to roll disconnected from your regular stats. And that's the case with Alexander. He only has a reason of excellent. You know, he's not going to repair the Quinjet for you if it breaks down. But when it comes to military tactics, his reason is incredible. It's interesting to me that the text mentions reason specifically, because what that implies is that if you don't have a special talent for military tactics, you just roll your straight reason for them, which I guess makes sense. I mean, I don't know what other stat you would use. But in this comic book action context, most characters with really high reason are like super scientists or detectives or... Spock-style math whizzes who are always giving answers to complicated questions with more decimal points than anybody wants to hear. And I don't associate those character types with being especially good at battlefield tactics. I'd bet on Captain America over Reed Richards in, like, a military campaign. But the author's doing the best he can do. Military tactics, it's based on reason, but Alexander just has a special exception where he gets a special incredible power rank just for tactics. Any historical warfare or wargame nerds in the audience are no doubt clamoring to know how Napoleon stacks up against Alexander the Great. And the answer is not great in a fist fight. 
fighting of typical, agility of typical, strength of typical, endurance of good, reason of good, intuition of excellent, psyche of good. Not only is Alexander by far Napoleon's physical superior, but he's actually better than him in every way. Smarter, more popular, more money even, and he has a bunch of talents that Napoleon doesn't have. He can use a sword, ride a horse, write poetry. There is one exception though, quote, Napoleon's reason is amazing in the area of military tactics. So for all his many shortcomings, and that's not a dig at Napoleon's height, but it encompasses a dig at his height. Everything about Napoleon per these stats is smaller and worse than the corresponding thing about Alexander. But the one exception is when it comes to military tactics, Napoleon's reason counts as amazing, which means he could hold his own in a strategic engagement against a Dr. Doom, say, or again, a Reed Richards, despite their amazing power rank in reason. But if we're going to talk about which of history's greatest military leaders would win in a fistfight outside of Dodge City, of course we cannot forget about Genghis Khan. Fighting, excellent, same as Alexander. Agility, good, same as Alexander. Strength, good, same as Alexander. Endurance, excellent, better than Alexander. They're equals in offense and agility, but Genghis Khan can go longer. There would be a sex joke here, but if you think Alexander the Great is somebody whose sex life you don't want to casually invoke, geez louise. Intellectually, Genghis Khan doesn't quite match up to Alexander, but he is a match for Napoleon. He has reason, good, intuition, excellent, psyche, good, just the same as Napoleon. And he may just be the winner of a fistfight because he even has some unarmed combat abilities. Quote, talents. Khan is a trained swordsman and has the wrestling talent. And that's all. Yes, Genghis Khan, unlike the other two generals on this page, has no special gift for military tactics. Not really what you'd call a strategic or a tactical or a military thinker is Genghis Khan. I mean, don't get me wrong, he can wrestle. He can wrestle up a storm, use a sword, sure. And I would say in terms of cardio, with endurance 20, Genghis Khan by far is the superior to the other great generals of history, Napoleon and Alexander. But when it comes to being a general per se, conquering land, waging a military campaign, managing a military force. Genghis Khan is stuck with just his regular, unadjusted reason of good, which makes him the equal in a military campaign of, just consulting my book of superhero stats here, uh, Warren Worthington III, the angel, is the son of a rich family, his wings on his back, not really an accomplished general or an accomplished anything, Warren Worthington, just a guy with wings, a lot of money, He'd have a pretty good shot in a war against Genghis Khan. Probably take just about as much territory in the long term. Would Warren Worthington III. Um, who else would be probably able to match the historic scale of conquest that Genghis Khan achieved? Uh, probably Dagger. You know, Tandy Bowen. She was a teenage runaway who kind of ended up on the streets. Maybe best known for her costume, which is like the most overcomplicated route to showing a lot of cleavage that comic book artists have yet devised. But yeah, uh, young runaway Tandy Bowen, she could probably, given the opportunity, conquer about as much of the earth as Genghis Khan with her good reason. Hey, Johnny Storm, the Human Torch. It's always fun to see him messing around with Ben Grimm, playing little pranks on each other. Johnny's a little bit immature, a little bit hot-headed, but he's grown up a bit since the Fantastic Four were founded. He's still Sue Storm's little brother, Ben Grimm's buddy, but he's he's a grown-up. You know, he's he's basically essentially a grown-up, and he went to college for a little while, and he accidentally married a scroll, but he didn't marry her again afterward, after he found out. So that speaks well of his intelligence. I think, you know, if you gave him the time off to pursue it, 
and he were motivated, I think Johnny Storm could probably found an empire that would conquer or subdue most of Eurasia with his good reason and no particular talent at military tactics. That seems right. The dumbest thing in this page is the unforgivable underestimate of Genghis Khan's military ability. It's one thing if you're going to say, like, military tactics, your ability to be a general is like over here in a separate box, not covered by these rules. Like, we don't have rules really for how attractive you are. We don't have detailed rules for how well you can sing. These game rules don't cover how compassionate you are or how well you can cook or whether you're a tasteful decorator. There are lots of things these rules don't cover. And if you want to say that being a general is one of them, then fine. But if you're going to put a power rank on it and you're going to base it on reason so that we can clearly quantify how good a general everyone is in the Marvel Universe and in history, according to these rules, you cannot put Genghis Khan on that scale, not only under Napoleon, but equal to Johnny fucking Storm. He, they didn't even give Genghis Khan a politics skill to maybe say like, okay, well, his personal conquests and his personal military campaigns maybe didn't quite match up to like Alexander the Great, but then give him a politics skill that shows he built a lasting empire, which is the greater achievement in some ways, one that continued to expand and remained stable for quite a long time. It's very hard to do. A lot of people conquer a lot of territory and then as soon as they die, it falls apart. He doesn't even get that. He's, he's talented with swords and wrestling. Like he won dominion over the Caucasus and the fucking Royal Rumble. I'm sorry that I spoiled the fact that Genghis Khan is in this adventure, but I just had to say something. And we're going to be too busy when he shows up to talk about it then. So dumbest thing in this page, that it assigns Genghis Khan equal competence in military strategy as a teenage runaway, best known for wearing a leotard with a giant dagger-shaped boob stencil. Not that you can't be smart with a boob stencil. I'm just saying people don't talk about the other aspects of dagger because there aren't many. Anyway, if you like hearing me struggle to talk about sexist female comic book characters, you're going to want to join me next time when a page absolutely full of spoilers gives us occasion to talk about Tigra on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. This episode's theme music, used under Creative Commons license, is Western Firefight 2 by Kula, whose work you can find at Kula.com. That's C-U-L-L-A-H dot com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>